Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The Nomcast is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at nomcastpod, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Attention culture consumers, join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we'll put a shock to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode again of the DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arante. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Robin Annual Volume 2, Number 5, came out. And what happened in this comic? I'm glad you asked. Because in this weird comic, Robin meets Batman in the future. And they form this new partnership. And it's all good. And uh, she dies at the end of the comic. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if this Batman is 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 a different Batman. I I, I think I, I don't know. The, the The story isn't really clear. Is but, this the uh, Batman from um? What was it the Dark Knight Returns? Batman meeting up with, or is this a? She had like red hair and and like green glasses. I think pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, no, this is a different version. I can't remember which one that one was, to be honest. Uh, This was the one with, like, yellowish, blonde hair. Well, yellowish hair. Yeah, Tris (laughs) Tris Plover, apparently. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she, young young hero teamed up with with Batman and didn't go so well. But sometimes sometimes you can team up with Batman and it goes (laughs) fairly well, I think. (laughs) Good save. save. (laughs) Yeah, because today we're talking about a team up that went well, even though it started for Rocky Start with Static Season 2 premiere, The Big League. Static is back. He is here with a whole new season for us. And in his first episode, Out the Gate, he's teaming up with the dynamic duo of Batman and Robin because in Dakota, there seems to be somebody who's running around just laughing at stuff. Yes, and uh, the only one to stop the joke is to get in every Justice League hero. No, it's just it's just Batman and Robin and, and <laughs> Static. 
<laughs> it's a small, small stakes. Small stakes. Small, yeah, small stakes. <laughs> yeah, but we got our team is here. We got the original and of cast of Static coming back. Almost everyone is here. Um, we also have special guests as we have Kevin Conroy here as Batman, Mark Hamill as the Joker, and Eli Marenthal as Robin. Eli took over as the voice of Robin following Matthew Valencia's run during the um, New Adventures of Batman series. This So this takes place pretty much like right after or around the time of that series, of that show. So this is now where we see that Robin is now Tim Drake. Batman has a full-on bat suit that doesn't have any coloring on it in any way, shape, or form, except for just black and gray. And this is also the same series that showed us that Nightwing grew out that mullet. But Static does not get a chance to see the mullet because, again, he's just teaming up with Batman and Robin in this new season two premiere called The Big Leagues, which I got to say immediately opens up. You can already tell that this is a season change because, like, the one, the theme song is different. (laughs) Yes. And two, all the animation is just, like, much cleaner. Everything has, like, a little bit more, like, shadowing and level of detail added onto it but everyone still is pretty much the same throughout the entire season yeah that animation was as crisp as a mcdonald's sprite i'm telling you like (laughs) it almost hurt seeing it at at first not not unlike a mcdonald's sprite but yeah this this animation took a whole new level up and uh it you can definitely see the, the effort and work kudos to that animation team for getting the resources the time and everything to make it look amazing. We also get like a new opening where we get introduced to a character who's soon going to be, be introduced to, but we're opening up now to a farmer's market. Um, there's just so much diversity that's happening around here. Honestly, there's like a guy who's selling some, some food. There's another man who's just like, he looks like your typical, like probably like a bo- like a bodyguard or like someone a bouncer at the at a club he's selling flowers to a woman and while all this is happening one man who is selling blintzes um i don't know what a blintz is but he immediately <laughs> gets robbed yeah and he's being robbed by oh god people in dakota can't catch a break the ferret mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that's it he's a he's a super villain who steals organic produce and has a heightened sense of smell that those are his powers yeah. essentially also he has the face of a rat but not like you're not what you're thinking more it's just like he just has the nose and the teeth yeah it's kind of like an anteater kind of face. yeah but he's a it, ferret <laughs> it's weird it's really weird I'd be pretty angry if I if I walked out of the Big Bang and those were my power sets. I'd, I'd steal from farmers markets too. It, it's justified, <laughs> but Ferret somehow he's getting away, and because stealing organic produce is li- as can get you a death sentence in Dakota, the entire police force pursues him, and he is able to slip away thanks to. A couple of happy, smiley balloons. Yeah, because also in pursuit, we have Static Bear who's chasing him down. And these balloons start exploding, knocking Static out. He gets thrown into the trash as a random cane pops out from a, a manhole cover. And 
it grabs Ferret, dragging him down, and all we see is just like the discarded balloon pieces floating down, one of which we see coming to the screen with a smile on his face. And I will say, like, you hear the laugh, and it's, like, eerily familiar. So, like, you know, as DC comic fans, we know who this is. Um, but our next scene, we open up now to, this is, like, the Bang Baby hideout, where we get a chance to see some of our returning favorites, such as Evil Hot Girl. We have Lightning Blade McGee. Uh, we got Francis. I refuse to call him by his street name. I'm telling you right now. We got Francis. And we got newcomer who um, they say his name in like immediately upon introducing him. But this man has the heaviest Jamaican accent and the coolest Jamaican theme song that I have to call him Bigfoot. Like, I have to, just because he has big feet. <laughs> I, I it, appropriate. I approve. I approve. Yeah, this this is the the who's who of Dakota villains, and leading them all is Joker. Who look? Come on, man! He came to the hood to recruit new super villains. <laughs> I feel a little offended by this right now. <laughs> Joker's like, ah, oh, I bet that Dakota place that looks pretty. That looks shadier than Gotham. I'm not going to Freeland, so. <laughs> Might as well go to Dakota. And he has gotten himself a nice team. And they're trying to convince Ferret to join up. And Ferret, he's pretty smart. He's like, nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm I'm a small time crook. I'm not, I'm not a super ferret. And Joker's like, okay, that's cool. That's cool, buddy. By the way. Hits him with that laughing gas and sends Ferret back to the surface. Yeah, so now Static is back at home. He's reeling over his loss. Richie is there. You know, the two of them are just listening to the news report. Think, um, thanks to Shelly Sandoval, who's once again on the scene. As they learn about Ferret's attack, as well as apparently someone has stolen a fire truck. So they're questioning now who steals a fire truck. And we get the answer to that. As Joker and his new crew of bang babies are driving up to a bank, they're dressed as firefighters, they're breaking in. The confusion of them being dressed as firefighters gives them enough time to not only steal the cash, but you know, harm some individuals along the way. So now Static has jumped onto the scene because he's trying to take them all out. Unfortunately, though, the greatest thing that's working for this new crew is teamwork as they all band together. They turned on some fire, fire hoses. Joker hits them with the, some random bombs. Yeah. I, I have no idea where these bombs came from. Borrowed them from the goblin, you know, has some extra pumpkin <laughs> bombs lying around. Yeah. He, he Joker's like, this is too easy. Like defeating static. And he does make it look easy. And yeah, I, I I also agree. They must have taken a team building sem- seminar before. <laughs> some trust falls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some trust falls. They ran some plays before the big game because they were an effective team. And to further rub things in, they leave behind in the fire truck, Ferret, who is laughing like a madman. And we know it's not because of our jokes. So they send him straight to the hospital and Static comes to see what's going on with Ferret, but also 
<laughs> and he just walks through the hospital. Okay. Um, but yeah, fully also- <laughs> clothed too. <laughs> yeah, fully clothed like, in full static gear. <laughs> visiting hours don't apply to me. But <laughs> in the shadow of the room are none other than Batman and Robin. This is where we get our first introduction to Static and Batman dynamic duo here. So he's immediately, as most likely we would have as well, just geeking out over the fact, not of Batman, actually, but of Robin, which (laughs) I thought thought was pretty interesting. You don't normally see this happen. Uh, So the two quickly kind of bond, um, Static and Robin here, I guess mainly because it's just like they're both like teenage crime fighters. But as they're talking, Batman's kind of still controlling the room. He gives Ferret some, I guess, like some anti-venom, anti-Joker venom to get him to stop laughing while Robin is investigating the shoes that Ferret was wearing. And something interesting that, like, clearly you have to be like a CSI to really know this. But I thought it was cool just to hear that, like, they knew whether he was either walking or dragged against his will because they were able to find particles on the bottom of his shoes instead of the top of his shoes because as you walk apparently you kick up dust but if you're dragged you just stay on the bottom so that's your static science fact of this episode i guess yeah i like i i am impressed at this this like these small details really showing them doing more detective work than some entire live action batman movies and (laughs) Static, of course, is eager to jump in. And he's like, can I help? Batman goes, probably not. <laughs> Pretty bluntly. <laughs> but Robin does throw in his suite. He didn't say no. Mm-hmm. So Static follows them. And Batman, as soon as they get to a sewer, that might be promising. He orders <laughs> Static around like he's Alfred. And like <laughs> tells, tells Static to get that sewer manhole up for him. Even though Batman could clearly do it himself. <laughs> like, what's the sense of doing all those push-ups if you can't even pick up a sewer manhole cover? Like, come on, man. As they're investigating and going through the sewer, they're talking a little bit. This is when they find out, like, why Joker's really kind of here. Apparently, it seems that Batman and Robin have been shutting down his operations left and right. So he's looking for a new place. And as they're talking, Static gets a a page from his dad. Again, pagers, we, we had this was a time and place in which superheroes had to have beepers rather than cell phones. But Robin has one because he offers his cell phone over to Static in order to call his dad. And Static is pleading with his dad to say that, yo, just let me stay out a little bit longer. Um, you know, I'm just walking around, I'm not doing anything, not getting in any trouble. And this is when Static's dad tells him that, like, yo, you have to return home. It's late. The street lights are on. And, you know, obviously you're breaking curfew at this point. And Static is unfortunately just distraught over the fact that, like, here he is, had an opportunity to team up with a big time superhero. And now he has to go home because his dad is telling him that the curfew time is running out. Yeah, you know, realistic struggles. You know, that teen hero. Robin Mm -hmm. gets to stay out all night because his guardian uh, is Batman. (laughs) 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 Gotta go to school, Batman. So we, uh, as Batman continues his investigation, the villains spot them working together. And there's a nice little Easter egg where Joker has the Harley Quinn photo mm, yeah. on his desk. And Blue Lake Hot Girl is like, hey, you know, they're looking for us. And Joker's like, but they don't know that we know they're looking for us. So 
let's take advantage. Classic, classic Joker move. And it's a good thing because while he's coming up with plans, Batman's just doing one one handed push ups because <laughs> he heard that he that we pick a jacked Pearson per episode and he would not be denied. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing that happened to Static was that Batman does give him a communication device, which we're not going to call the Bat Gizmo because that's what Static called it in the episode. As he goes out on patrol, he sees that um, Talon is flying up in the air because, and he decides that, like, you know what, let me go and chase after Talon to see if she might have any clues as to what the Joker is doing around here. This leads into them um, meeting up at like a sewer or like a train subway entrance of some sort. So while he's there, Static realizes that the Bat Gizmo, the little communicator that batman gave him fell out of his pocket i guess you know i think this is the problem with like putting your communication devices on battle ranks they cut through clothing exactly batman come on you have a better r&d than this (laughs) so static does the only thing that he can do and he creates like a nova ball in a way and this creates a he throws up in the air creating his own bat signal which i thought was pretty cool even though it did look a little janky compared to the actual bat signal that we don't really see (laughs) Well, that's paid by Batman, you know, and the Gotham tax dollars. Oh, right. So, yeah. He ain't got no money. Forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> Batman and Robin come and they see that the the metahumans are in this subway mine shaft. I don't know what this thing is, really. <laughs> it is really unclear. Some kind of some kind of cave like entrance. And they're like, you know, we want you to watch the exit. We're going to go in and investigate. So Static just has to play electric tic-tac-toe by himself, (laughs) (laughs) which is honestly also pretty cool. I would love to be able to play tic-tac-toe with just static electricity. And meanwhile, Batman and Robin are not doing too hot against these new metahumans they're not used to. Again, the teamwork on this crew (laughs) is just so strong. Like... I don't know who is their consultant for for these team building exercises. I hope it wasn't the Joker, but they need to hire that person more often. So as Static is watching as Batman and Robin are being taken out by this new souped up um, Joker truck that they've added. It's like basically the same fire truck, but now has Joker's face on it. Branding. You (laughs) got to get the branding down. Exactly. You learned that from Hawkeye. Oh, shit. That was a spoiler. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I think branding's vague enough. Yeah. <laughs> so as the fire truck runs out, um, Static gets attacked by Hot Streak and Kangor, a.k.a. Bigfoot, who <laughs> destroyed the tunnel. And Static is able to get out. Unfortunately, he's now on the phone with Richie to ask him, like, hey, have you found anything about where Ferret might have been held? Because this will give me an idea of where I can find Batman and Robin, who just been kidnapped by this new crew. Unfortunately, Richie isn't having much luck. So he tells him, you know, what about, do they have any other kind of communication devices? Maybe you can piggyback off the signal, which Static realizes that he could do by heading on up into the air to find the one and only Batwing. Not the one from the movie, the the one from the one that Batman and Robin actually ride. Yeah, he does not jump on top of Luke Fox's back and ride him like a surfboard. 
though <laughs> that's a free idea dc free idea anyway he gets into the batwing and because he's like 15 he, he can't drive the thing he's he's not he's smart but he doesn't he hasn't taken piloting classes and through a series of mishaps he realizes it's voice activated which is real dangerous batman don't you think <laughs> yeah especially because it just activated like what if joker found a way to fly up there right anybody any any it's not coded to a voice anybody could have used that and like rained hell on and what is the <laughs> gas how is it being powered it's hovering in the middle of the air what is keeping it afloat just the willpower of just pure vengeance I guess. yeah i'm gonna investigate wayne and their connection to fossil fuels and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a conversation poison ivy because this is not environmentally safe <laughs> so again static is just having some straight up issues trying to navigate this thing but richie does give him the idea to you know using the powers of sci-fi knowledge to just figure out that way of maybe locking onto the signal of batman and robin so we cut now to the scene of Joker's hideout. Batman and Robin are chained up against some, I guess, like a pipe within the facility. And that's when Joker reveals that he has truly souped up his Joker truck because it is now able to throw basically spike balls at its intended target, which he uses on the car first to show how devastating of an attack this is. And then tells him that he's going to use it on Batman and Robin forever, putting an end to his ongoing irritation. Yeah, and I love Robin is like, come on, what do you, how do you think, you think you're going to do it this time? Like, for real? Like, how is this different? Man? He's too casual. <laughs> I love it. It's like, I love this Tim Drake Robin. And just as, of course, they're about to meet their doom, static slides in and saves them. And immediately Batman goes, what took you so long? Sir. <laughs> you were the one that got captured <laughs> so rude like you're the one who came to the hood and didn't ask static how things are around here so this is on you exactly this leads to a series of a lot of fun one-on-ones mm-hmm. and i love robin taking on talon and saying i there were she made a birds of a feather joke and robin goes i cannot tell you how many times I've heard the bird of a feather joke? I'm sick of it. I'm sick. And, you know, he takes on talent single-handedly. And meanwhile, Batman, he proves that when you give him prep time for these matches, it's, it's game over for you. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to point out, too, that during the fight that Batman is in, they play the remix version of the Batman theme song. That had that was basically the trap version of this of the original theme song, and honestly, it was a banger. Yeah, Batman knows how to make an entrance, how to keep it interesting. <laughs> so Joker tries after everybody is knocked out. Joker tries to take out Batman using the truck, but obviously, a well-timed leap leads to Batman jumping out of the way and Joker crashing into the wall. And as Joker's about to get out he's pleading with batman to help save him right his ribs are cracked it's clear in his hands he has his little joy joy buzzer taser thing so as he's ready to stretch out his hand to grab batman's hand and shock him 
he realizes that there's no effect happening. And when he looks up, he notices that it's static there holding his hand, in which this is probably the most memed version that we've seen. If you're following anything dealing with like DC comics, it's just like static looking at Joker and saying, huh, that seems fun. Let me try. And pulls the ultimate Uno reverse here. <laughs> yes, he electrocutes Joker, which this is what earns Batman's seal of approval. Yes. Specifically, this is the moment. Not <laughs> any of the other stuff, even saving Batman from certain death, not enough. But once you electrocute the Joker, Batman's like, we're cool. We're cool now. And you didn't kill him? Great, great. Let's do this again next Tuesday. And that's what he implies. He says, you know, he's open for another team up in the future. And of course, you know, they never followed up on that again. Huh? Um, they follow up on it a ton of times in, in the yeah. series. Just, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> it happens so often. It's like, might as well just move in. Batman just moves to the hood. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's safer than Gotham. Yeah, I think, uh, I really think that Batman would love to have Static on his crew. Like, I think it would work out very well. So that was our episode, Big Leagues. Uh, we're only focusing on this episode in particular just because it was a big event that happened here. So guess you got to ask the next question. Andrew, how many Bat Gizmos would you give this this episode? Well, you know, Static didn't destroy anything, so I... Mm-hmm. I have to give it a two. No, no, it's a- <laughs> <laughs> this. This is a great. Uh, I, I would. I would give it a. I would give it a seven. You know, the story isn't deep. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no like crazy motivations. So you know, it's, it's not as complex of an episode as we've seen in in pre in the previous season yet, but. You know the animation is crisp. the The team up is fun. You can't uh, you can't go wrong. Anything anytime Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy show up, you have to start at least at seven, and then yes. try to work your way back down if you're going to do that. Um, unless it was Killing Joke. Unless it was Killing Joke, and then you can go all the way down. Yeah. But here they're they give great performances. Nice nice imagery. Yeah, I, I think this is a perfectly perfectly fine self contained. Fun static team up. What about you? How many bad gizmos cutting through your inner jackets of your your bomber jackets? Are you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would give this a I'll give this a seven, probably more of a seven point five. Also, just because again it, the story isn't that deep. I think we spent a lot of time on just like static beat them up on like just like beating up himself over the fact that he's like a kid compared to Batman. It's just like really stressing over that. But it also seems so superficial, a lot of the stuff that he was complaining about. Where it's just like, of course you're not going to be a detective on Batman's level. The guy's been doing it for like years. Like you just started like yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that they if they had like an opportunity to like kind of like dive in a little bit more of just like why he was trying to measure up with Batman in every single way, shape and form. I think it was nice that they included that. Like he seemed to be more um, cool with Robin just because it was like, I think, and I think that's probably where they could have started it. Maybe it didn't necessarily need to be a Batman and Robin thing. It could have been that Robin 
jumped in to help out for most of the episode and then batman just you know showed up because you know it's it's batman like he's not going to give up any opportunity to break anybody's collarbone so you know that i think that's kind of where i wish it kind of went but yeah again it the story wasn't that deep it is a good first episode intro to the new season because it has that new cleaner style it opens up the door to future crossovers and who knows who else is going to also be involved i mean we know just because we grew up on the show but like <laughs> it, it, it was really kind of cool just to have batman show up for an episode here yeah it did open the door for you know our favorites tusk mm-hmm. you know <laughs> carmen dillo carmen dillo carmen dillo and tusk finally together with uh who was that gangster slippy lopez oh, or uh, snakey doyle snakey, snakey doyle, doyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Slippy get you Lopez. a mug that just says Snakey Doyle. I, I want it. And on the other side, Slippy Lopez, because that's gonna be my <laughs> that's gonna be my character. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our our episode here for um static here. Uh now it's time for some comic book knowledge. As this time around, I'm gonna dive into a little bit about the first time that Static met a lot of the DC superheroes. Now you're probably thinking that, like, oh, this is just gonna be a one-off comic. No, this was a whole event. What are you talking about? So this was a cookout. Like they did oh. a whole cookout <laughs> and static brought the, the the greens, and Superman was like, I haven't had these on Krypton. <laughs> yo all right first off we need to make that happen make the cookout cut that's that's today's petition <laughs> unfortunately there was no cookout in this one because in the event from 1994 we get the story worlds collide so and that's actually going to be the same name of this comic book section for today because it is the first time again that static met the rest of the dc superheroes this was a 14-part event, meaning that it probably actually was a little bit longer than most of the crossover events that we've had, like including like Crisis on Infinite Earths and mostly just more like Flashpoint and in terms like in connection to the main storyline. Uh, this event was written by Dwayne McDuffie, Ivan Velez Jr., and Robert Washington and had a slew of um, DC our DC and also media comic book artists that joined in to help um, really create this work. And it started with Superman, the man of steel number 35 in July, 1994 and concluded with static number 14. It was also released in 1994. So quick reminder, um, DC comics and milestone, even though they're under the same parent company, they actually did not coexist in the same universe. So in fact, heroes like, Superman and the rest of the Justice League were actually believed just to be random comic book fictional characters for the people of Dakota. And so it was really shocking for when Static and other heroes like Khan and maybe even um, just like the whole entire group of the of the Blood Syndicate happened to see Superman and Superboy and Steel. These were the main DC heroes that joined in on this battle, just like pop up in Dakota. And the main focus of this is a really weird story, to tell you the truth. There was a postal worker who was also really into comic books that by the name of Fred Benston, who becomes an involuntary portal between the two realities. 
how 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 does that work (laughs) (laughs) so he couldn't control his abilities so what would happen is that he will pop back and forth between both realities and if you were close enough to him he was able to actually bring you along with him so we saw moments in which random superheroes and supervillains would pop over to dakota um, if they were in the DC universe, and if anyone was in Milestone, they would pop over to Metropolis, causing a lot of confusion as to where we were, just like how we were all confused while watching Dawn of Justice and didn't know if we were in Metropolis or Gotham. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, obviously, because of the ability to hop around different worlds, villains wanted to be able to harness this ability. And because everyone was fighting over it, um, at least the, from the villain side, the heroes were actually fighting amongst themselves because they were like basically fighting against each other because they thought that the other person was a villain or an imposter of some sort. Like we saw a big battle between um, Superman and Icon, who we know is basically Icon is just basically like the brother from another mother for Superman <laughs> and based <laughs> off of his stories and everything. His but, black cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is like what Icon is just like looks at Superman's like, this is the cousin we don't really talk about. He's he's a little <laughs> he grew out his hair too long. <laughs> so the villains wanted to be able to harness this power, but of course, comic book rights had to give this ability to someone who was emotionally unstable. So once um Fred started to lose control, he turned into this giant being that not only was able to go back and forth between the realities, but also brought them together. And he decided to take on the name Rift. Okay. And if, yeah, if you want to think about what he kind of looks like, um, remember Blackheart from Marvel versus Capcom? Oh yeah. I love spamming that guy. I mean, uh, I never, <laughs> I never played, played as him. <laughs> yeah. He basically kind of looked like him, but more like, like transparent so definitely the same kind of outline but like you know in different power sets but very similar and you know after finally stopped fighting amongst each other like um static was teamed up with superboy who and superboy just spent most of his time trying to hit on frida um icon and superman were battling it out until unfortunately like superman started fighting against the blood syndicate and hardware and steel also teamed up to try to create things. So that was a pretty cool pairing there. They finally teamed up to take down Rift, and they were able to trap him into the, this like pocket dimension so that his abilities weren't going to be able to be used ever again. And the cool thing about this was that, you know, this is on par with like an event like Crisis, Zero Hour, Final Crisis, anything like that, Flashpoint, where it's just like you would think that at the end of it, no one will remember what happened. That was completely different for this. So this was the first time we really ever had like an intercompany crossover event where at the end of it, not only did majority of the people remember what happened, but it then eventually became canon in the Milestone universe to the point where people were referring to this event in future comics. So this is, this is what finally brought everything together. And this is... Is this have anything to do with that other Dr. Manhattan event where he, he's also here now? <laughs> nope. <laughs> this, is, this is what pisses me off the most. <laughs> so after this event happened, one of the crisis events, I believe it was, um, I believe it was Final Crisis. This was the event that led to basically this no longer being candid. 
they erased the universe, they erased this event, everybody started fresh. So the DC Milestone universe never truly happened again until much later. Like Milestone or Earth M was basically wiped from existence. Huh. Well, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> They they do come back, like we have seen that static has come back over the years, but not the majority of the universe. Like there was another event that did happen in which another supervillain tried to harness the powers, and that led to some of the other DC, I'm sorry, the other milestone heroes, such as Icon, to remember the event, as well as Superman. And since then, because of all the crossover events with like Crisis, Zero Hour, Flashpoint. They basically have just been removing Earth M or Milestone or the Codiverse from the timeline in their own way, but also some sometimes like creating them once again. So there's this constant breaking and um, rebuilding of the bridge between the two universes. As of now, I think um, they're not connected. Like you know, Milestone Returns just came out in the um, summer of 2021. So right now they're trying to rebuild the Dakotaverse. And as of now, there hasn't been any connections or mentions of the DC universe in that little sphere of influence that they have. But there have been times in which Static has come into the DC universe proper in which he's teamed up with Teen Titans. He has joined in on the actual DC universe by himself out with um, following the events of Flashpoint. Unfortunately, with all the the legal issues that come up between the two of them, they've been constantly taken out of place and just removed entirely. So now with Milestone Returns, we fortunately have kind of like an opportunity for them to bridge that gap once again. Good. Finally. <laughs> right. <laughs> These, there's some great characters. And obviously just from this alone, you can see Static and Batman are magic. So let's see more of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we might like, I think, you know, we got the milestone movie coming out. We got um, the animated one. We got static live action coming out currently on justice or young justice. I mean, they've been, um, you know, I think for season four, they've been focusing in on the individual like leaders of the team in some way, one of which happens to be rocket who is a milestone creation. So I'd be shocked if they didn't do this where it's just like, her story arc focus is going to in some way connect with Icon and Static, both of whom are on the show. So, and I don't know yet if they, hopefully I'm fingers crossed, they actually do incorporate them in some way because it'd be really cool just to see, um, you know, them interact with like Steel, who's also in the show, as well as Black Lightning, who we remember definitely is in the show based off his fight with, um, what's her name? Uh, it was either Lightning or Killer Frost. That was a very oh yes. place line. In yes, that show. Killer Frost. Oh yeah, Black <laughs> Lightning. Ooh. Um, yeah, let, let's uh, second petition. Get, give us the Black History Young Justice episode. You don't have to justify it. Just get every Black person that's on that show to one episode. <laughs> we don't care how you do it. We'll, we're good. We'll, we'll take it. It, yes. it can. It doesn't even have to be canon. I, I don't care. <laughs> Do whatever right. you want. Destroy the earth in this episode. I, I don't care. <laughs> Make it all just a dream. Like let we we just want something. Yeah. Let's let's uh all right, DC. Come on. We're giving you we're giving you these four free ideas. You're entitled to use all of them um today. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, and that was it. That was really kind of like uh, Static's big moments and when she came into the DC universe proper. Uh, so it's just really cool to see that, you know, there it was already happening here in this uh, 2002 episode and it's probably going to be happening in the future. We just got to get past all the, the legal issue stuff because it's just, it's disappointing when you just see that, like, there have been so many opportunities to just, like, combine these stories and have them connected and intertwined. And then we just lose them just because of things happening on the back end like let's work together y'all let's work together like the crew here did in this episode yeah you dc you guys have combined seven shows plus smallville and and uh, lucifer and all that you can get static into more into more mm-hmm. collabs you can put him in the next suicide squad if you want oh to. my gosh this boy will die on sight oh yeah <laughs> It'll be a short-lived career, but he'll be there. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, take care of yourselves and remember to always work together in the team if you can, especially if that team is good. And if you do turn into a ferret person because of some questionable vapor, feel free to steal, steal from Trader Joe's. Honestly, <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> Now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall, and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. Today on our list we have Worlds Collide. This 14-part event from 1994 shows what happens when Static and the rest of the Milestone universe met the characters from the Reign of Superman story arc, whom they believe to be fictional. Although there isn't a collected edition, you can still read the story in the following order. Starting with Superman The Man of Steel number 35, followed by Hardware number 17, Superboy number 6, Icon number 15, Steel number 6, Blood Syndicate number 16, Worlds Collide number 1, Superboy number 7, Hardware number 18, Superman The Man of Steel number 36, Icon number 16, Steel number 7, Blood Syndicate number 17, and finally we have Static number 14. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.